everyone and welcome to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter and I am joined as always by Tim. Thank you. The creator of Goatman. <laughs> Is it because there's a comic book writer in this this movie yes. you're, you're pushing the comic I, book angle? I, I felt like I was, this movie to me felt like basically watching a mirror. I was like, oh wow, I can, <laughs> <laughs> I can really relate to this. Um. Yeah, so, yes, we're, we're a horror movie podcast. We talk about horror films. Uh, we get together and talk about a film we watched. In this episode, we are looking at a new uh, release, which went straight to Shudder, basically, and that is Random Acts of Violence. We got a trailer for this, you know, a month or two ago and uh, thought it looked interesting. Uh, so we'll start spoiler-free, as we always do. We'll give you a warning before we go into spoilers. Uh, the premise of this is that a comic book writer by the name of Todd... Uh, writes a comic book called Slasher Man that's been fairly successful and it's about a serial killer based on a real serial killer. And when I say real, I don't mean real in real life. I mean real in the movie universe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, loosely inspired by this uh, what, I-90 killer who had killed people on this stretch of road uh, a long time ago, you know, uh, late 80s, early 90s kind of thing. Uh, the movie's set present day. And he writes this comic book with this character and he's trying to write the final issue and he's, he's, he doesn't know what to do for it. So him and his girlfriend, who is writing a book about the victims of the killer, the real killer, that is, uh, decide to sort of, instead of flying to the New York Comic Con or wherever they're going, they want to go on a road trip and stay at motels along the way to get a slice of the type of uh, country uh, that, that these killings actually happened in and sort of experience it. Maybe it'll inspire him, it'll give her a chance to interview people. Uh, but of course, the, the plot, the horror movie plot that we're getting to here is that along the way, a killer starts creating kills, recreating kills from his comic book. And starts sort of stalking him and calling him. And, you know, some murder and stuff. And that's basically the, the gist of it. We'll get, obviously, to the rest in spoilers. Uh, so, yeah, that's Random Acts of Violence. Tim! Yeah. How did you feel about Random Acts of Violence? Uh, I, I liked it. I actually liked it quite a bit. Now, I don't necessarily know if i could say it's like a, a a good movie though because i do think a lot of the stuff i liked about it is just because like i, I like a lot of the stuff it's playing with you know like i uh like obviously you know, I, I like comic books I, I i like the idea of it's actually very like stephen kingy uh to mm. me where it's like the idea of uh you know a creation coming to life and tormenting it's a creator um and i you know and i like you know like some of the people like uh involved in um that sort of thing so i so i, I feel like i'm a little like predis uh oh and i like the uh, original comic book too i haven't read it in a, a long time but the uh, the comic itself uh was good uh which I, I don't think we mentioned it but this is by uh based on a comic by mm. uh, jimmy palmiotti and uh justin gray and uh so yeah I, I i did like it but i don't know if it's like necessarily that great i do think really i do think it needs to be more violent like i feel like maybe there weren't enough like kills and gore uh, it's actually like a pretty short movie it's like 80 something yeah. minutes 80 minutes yeah yeah I, I feel like maybe you could have played up with uh with that angle more for sure um and there was like there was like a little like some like little like directing flourishes uh that i liked it's directed by jay uh Baruchel. i'm not sure how you say his last name but yeah, but um, I, I was thinking Baruchel, but I mean, maybe that's just Baruchel. too posh. <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, he's one of the actors in it, and then people probably know him from, like, you know, he's been in, like, comedies and, like, uh, sitcoms and, and stuff before. Um, 
but I, I think he gives like some nice touches to it like there's a lot of kind of like this kind of like neon green glow like it almost feels like a little like jalo-esque uh at some points yeah actually uh um, jay barishel's claim to fame is that he actually voiced hiccup in the how to train your dragon series sure yeah i'm a, yeah, fan, the, of, I'm a fan of those movies okay it's, 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 yeah. it's a, it's no a I, I like those too but i i, I also yeah uh those are those are good he's also been in like some like you know really like forgettable comedies but he's been mm-hmm. in like some like like people might also know him from like you know grown-ups uh might know him from like you know, Judd Apatow movies, like, This is the End, and, uh, you know, oh, yeah. that kind of stuff. He was in Fanboys. Of course. <laughs> that classic. Classic, yes. <laughs> um, and then, I, actually, he was on a sitcom I, I really liked, uh, Man Seeking Women, which, uh, is, like, a very weird, kind of surreal, uh, FX sitcom, which, uh, I don't know if a lot of people watch, but I, I enjoyed quite a bit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I basically, <laughs> just getting back to my point, though, like, uh, yeah, I, I did. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. I had fun with it. Uh, I do wish maybe it did do a little more, though. Uh, I, and, uh, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I am annoyingly conflicted on this one because there's one really good kill sequence, right? And mm-hmm. it's the first one. There's, there's a really mm-hmm. good kill sequ- sequence. You said you wanted violence. I thought this felt super visceral and super violent. In a way that I was, yep. oh man, I can't wait for more of these scenes. I, I think this 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 movie is going to be great because of this because the, the character stuff was not bad and it was setting up the the drama of the characters and it's fine. Um, yep. I mean the main actor who plays the comic writer uh, Jesse Williams, uh, we know him from Cabin in the Woods, of course. Uh, Once upon a time. Oh, I didn't yeah. even realize that was him. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't either, to be honest. It, it wasn't until to the credits, um, and he uh. Like, you know, the, the character stuff with him and his girlfriend, played by J- Jordana Brewster, who, of course, most famously known for the the uh, the, the nuanced, uh, <laughs> basically, you know, cinema school textbook that is the Fast and the Furious franchise. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> I'm being facetious there. Uh, I, I hate, I hate sure. Fast and the Furious, but um. Oh yeah, me too. <laughs> so, so you know, it sets up that those two characters, and then the two, you know, the the, the director plays kind of the, his manager or whoever, or his mm-hmm. publishing partner, and then he's got an assistant. Uh, this 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 you know younger woman who's kind of like coming around, who who's kind of an aspiring artist, but she's like sort of trying to break in by being the assistant uh, on this road trip and whatnot. Um. But there's this, the, the first kill that happens where it cuts to these other characters and we get this just, you know, maybe like a, you know, like eight to ten minute kind of sequence of like introducing the characters and then the, the kill itself. I thought it was pulled off in a kind of a different way to that I normally see and it felt super visceral and it, it set me up for more of that. I, I was instantly looking forward to more kills and then every other one after this, you know, either cut away or it played it in a very different way and it, I got to the by the time I got to the ending, I kind of felt like I, like you gave me this great scene, and then you didn't yeah. follow up on it with other scenes of that type. It, it was kind of frustrating to me. Um, and then I think it, you know, it's especially weird because the movie is called Random Acts of Violence, and it's like mm-hmm. you know, and it's kind of playing off of yeah, the idea of like you know, it's dealing with themes of like. Um, you know, how media, like, uh, you know, like how this kind of horrific media can affect people and like, you know, dealing with serial killers and like kind of worshiping them and making them into heroes. So you kind of think that that's, you know, going to be a setup for a lot of like blood and gore and stuff. And then, uh, you know, unfortunately it just really doesn't go there. 
Yeah, it feels like there's only a couple of kills before it kind of drags, you know, to into the third act, and <clears throat> it felt like it was missing a couple, especially given something they kind of reveal about the killings themselves. Uh, yeah. It felt weird that there wasn't a couple more that were more specific. It, it felt like the first one has this big showpiece kind of quality to it, not just the killings, but also the the way the sort of the, the crime scenes presented afterwards. And mm-hmm. it felt like nothing afterwards really kind of really played into that either. You know, it was. It felt like just a couple of things, and then, oh, now it's time for the third act where the killer kind of is more directly like related to the main characters, and yeah. you know, that was kind of odd for me. And the ending, there's something about the ending that I really like, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I also kind of felt like we got there super quickly without it really earning the ending. So sure, I'm very conflicted about. It. There's there's some stuff in this movie. There's some scenes in this movie that I really really like. Mm-hmm. But I think the actual <laughs> themes of the movie are very undercooked. And I don't know if that's mm. the same is true in the comic book or if this is just a movie adaptation thing. Yeah. Well, the thing with the comic is, uh, I forget how long it was, but it's just like a one shot. Like, it's not like this mm. was a, you know, six issue mini or something. Like, it's, yeah, you know, again, it's been forever since I read it, but uh, like the. Yeah, the comic, I think, maybe it might have been, like, a little oversized, so maybe it might have been, like, 30 or 40 pages or something, uh, but it's not like it's, like, super long or that, you know, there's a lot to uh, kind of cherry-pick from. The uh, the one thing I did kind of miss is uh, I do remember the comic being a little more meta. Like, they actually mm. do talk about, like, other comic books, and, like, I remember, like, they have, like, a story about, like, Mark Wade in there, and too, uh, which, like, was interesting, so, like, I wish that they would have maybe done like more stuff like that. Um, and like, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be like comic stuff too. Like maybe, you know, since it's a movie, maybe it can be a little meta and like, you know, have more references or discussions about movies or something. I don't know. But like, I think if you were, one aspect I kind of missed. If you agree to that route where it's a movie so that it should be meta about movies, then I'd argue mm-hmm. that the, the main character shouldn't be writing comic books. He should be writing movies sure. instead, you know, to go yeah. with the whole, th- the vibe. Right. Uh, yeah. Not that it's a, it's a problem that he's writing comic books. I mean, I'm just saying in, in that context, no, specifically, yeah. if it's going to go meta with it. But, um, yeah, I... I, I felt kind of <laughs> underwhelmed. Like, I felt mm. like once we got to the kind of the last act, I, I was feeling very underwhelmed. But then the ending kind of won me over a little bit. Uh, there's definitely kind of a, a sort of like a tease for the backstory that kind of seeps in here or there. It's, a, you know, it's doing a stylish thing, and I appreciate the attempt of it. It feels like, it does really feel like one of those VOD movies where I can definitely see what they're going for, and I I definitely admire the aspirations of it, but it feels like it just doesn't go far enough, and that's kind of where I land. So well, once again, I'm the yeah. bad cop, but I mean, <laughs> well, I, I again I don't necessarily disagree with you, and that's yeah. that's kind of why I um I, I kind of put that disclaimer where like I'm saying I really enjoy it, but I to but I totally understand that. I think a lot of my enjoyment is maybe stuff I'm bringing to it that's not there. Like, again, like, oh, yeah, like, I'm enjoying this a little more uh, than I probably should just because, like, the fact that, oh, we are dealing with, you know, like, comic book stuff and, like, you know, kind of, like, meta creation stuff and whatnot. So I, yeah, like, I I totally get that. And I do agree it's, like, unfortunate that, um, yeah, like, like, I don't think it's, not necessarily it's one of those cases where yeah i just would have liked more like you could have gone farther with it you could have 
I, I think undercooked is like yeah a good way of saying it like you have good stuff there but you need to maybe do more with it flesh it out a bit more yeah uh so i think we'll give the spoiler warning then and we'll, we'll dive into <coughs> what's there uh but i will take the time to thank our patreon producers for the month uh, at the time of recording these can change a little bit uh by the time this goes out uh, so thank you to Alison M. Fordyce, Tyler Hess, Cindy Palisades, David Short, Bordnow, Zammer Jammer, Al Tribesman, Christopher Moy, and Brett Williams. They are Patreon producers for the month of August. And um, that means they are $20 or more uh, on patreon.com slash TV, which you can go to. And you can support us for as little as $1 per month. And that $1 per month will help the show out a lot and keep everything coming. But it will also give you access to an exclusive bonus episode every single month. There's a whole back catalogue now as well of about 20 or so episodes. So there's a lot to check out. Uh, so go and have a look and see if you're interested. And then, of course, there's other perks. Uh, there's voting rates, uh, different voting rates at the $5 and $10 tiers, early access to episodes at the $5 tiers. So go and have a look and see if you're interested uh, and help keep all the content coming. So here we go. Uh, full spoilers for Random Acts of Violence. Um, So yeah, that's all about the kill scene that I wanted to talk about because I, I feel like, okay. you know, it, it cuts to these three kind of, I don't know, teenagers or you know, college age. College, yeah. I'd probably say college age as well. Uh, who who leave a Mattel and they're driving and the, the, the mysterious black vans following them as we you know as, as, as we kind of imp- implied a couple of times that there's something sinister about this black van, and the 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 kids like get a flat tire, uh sorry they get a flat tire <laughs> if I say that without uh uh <coughs> having you know indigestion problems in the middle of it but no the the kids get a, a flat tire and the the van pulls up behind them, and at first the kids are like, oh, hey, oh, great, the help's here, yeah, we're, we're screwed. Mm-hmm. And they get out, it's pouring rain, and when the guy, like, doesn't get out of the, the, the van right away, so they're kind of thinking, this is a bit weird, why is he staying in the van? And he eventually comes out, and he's wearing, like, a welder's mask, which is actually the, the character in the comic books that uh, the main character writes wears this outfit. Slasher uh, man. Yeah, slasher man. Which... You know, and they don't recognize it necessarily because it's a comic book. It's not like a, a big movie franchise where everyone's going to recognize this. But they're still weirded out. They're like, but why is he wearing a mask? This is creepy as shit. So they try to sort of pretend that they're phoned for help and that everything's okay and they get back in the car. Um, And my one critique here actually is that what you you were weirded <laughs> out by this dangerous looking guy and you didn't lock the doors. <laughs> I thought that was yeah, a bit strange. Yeah. Especially since he, he sort of bangs in the windows a little bit before he opens it, so you had time as well to lock it when he started acting a bit more aggressive. But yeah. regardless, mm-hmm. it cuts back to him, and the killer's kind of pacing and sort of like getting agitated. Like he's, and he's, I felt it, it was giving him a bit more like a humanity and personality that I'm used to with these killers, where usually they're these stoic, just standing there. Yeah. And I, that's not a complaint. I love your know, Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees types, mm-hmm. but. That's like a little bit more of a weird human vibe to it, and then it—it's it, kind of like he has to like psych himself up. Like it yeah, seems yeah. like he is like maybe like a little nervous at first, and he has to like really like the way maybe like an athlete before they, you know, go out onto like a football field or something. You know, he's kind of like pounding his chest and like yeah, like say like pacing back and forth. And I I agree, there's something about it that yeah makes it seem a little more human, which ultimately I think kind of makes it a little more disturbing. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, he comes up and he bangs in the window a couple of times and then he just opens the door and immediately starts stabbing the guy very quickly and repeatedly in front of the other two as they're screaming. And it's actually, it, it felt very violent and visceral and to, to a, a kind of a realistic, disturbing kind of sense to it. And then the, the girl who's in the passenger side of the front you know, tries to open the door to get out 
and the killer just leads across and slices the the, the knife deeply into her leg and mm-hmm. kind of yeah. slices it you know back the way and it actually yeah. cuts away from the scene before you know he gets to her and kills her and even the, the third person and, but i didn't feel shortchanged by it because the, the, the what we saw was so visceral and violent that i felt like a really satisfying scene i was excited for more mm-hmm. scenes feeling like this and it's not so much that i hate every other kill in the movie i thought the the way the the assistant's killed who's like second later on like mm-hmm. where the killer just kind of like walks up behind her and grabs her i thought it was effectively mm-hmm. shot so i wasn't necessarily feeling shortchanged by that it was basically that there was nothing after this really in terms of like good kills or or anything like that you know was... i yeah i i do like the um the um what do they call it the, the triptych or whatever where it's like they have kind of like all like the the group of girls like all clustered together like i like the idea of that and i like how it's kind of like ominous the way they drive by it and kind of like slowly just see it but like uh so that kind of stood out to me but i mean other than that like there wasn't yeah like much out that much else that yeah. like was really standoutish what you're talking about is uh the the, the victims we were just talking about from the car the, he arranges their bodies in this like sort of art display essentially <clears throat> Uh, on the road that mimics something from the comic book, uh, and this is something that I I was surprised there wasn't more of because the second you know when he kills That's the what I thought yeah yeah when he kills the assistant you know he leaves her head with you know there's no corpse like the rest of the body's missing but the head's there, and because obviously this is tied to them personally they get brought in for questioning and this this police officer this woman is very very kind of judgmental and sort of oh you're sick you write these comic books blah blah blah, um. And then later on, we get the reveal that the numbers, the mysterious numbers that the killer has been phoning up and kind of leaving, which, you know, we see the main character, he looks up at like Bible verses thinking these numbers may be Bible verses or something. But then he realizes what they actually are, are (coughs) their their, like year issue count and page number of his comic books. And it's basically the the issues that the the, the kills that he's recreating are coming from. And I felt really weird that we get this big fancy one with the three like cut together. And then the second one's just a, a head on its own, which, okay, it's a lot simpler, but, you know, whatever. Mm. It felt weird to me there wasn't at least another one or two kind of more specifically over-the-top ones like that first one. Like, there was mm. just one that he went to the effort to do this, like, sort of triple, like, body, you know, you know, like... Like, it's, it, like, it's very, know, like... Yeah, it, it's very, like, artistic, and it, like, stands out, and, like, you know, it, it's, uh... I think that's a really fun thing that you could do so much with because it's like yeah like you know a comic book like you have like unlimited imagination like um there's so many other like interesting or like weird kills that you could play with and it's really just like you know not much of a thing it's like yeah that and then everything else is kind of like very standard like and it does regular kills it does a good uh, job of making you care about the assistant a little bit before she dies, like, or making yeah. her likable at least. And I felt it was weird to go straight to like going after <laughs> them personally with the second mm-hmm. kill because it, there's a little bit where when they when they see the the, the display of the other bodies, like mm-hmm. there's this questioning where he's like, you know, the assistant's like, we should probably go to the police and sort of explain that we're getting these phone calls. Mm-hmm. This is recreating something out of a comic book, and you know the main character's like, no, no, we should we should run. I want to go away from from the police and. Wouldn't there be more? Wouldn't there? Isn't there more to do with that if there's a second kill that also mimics the comic books? Like, wouldn't that make him feel more yeah. guilty? And it would maybe like question the morality of him a little bit more that he's still terrified to even like sort of go to the police and say, "Hey, we can maybe predict some of these crimes, or we can do something with yeah. them." And he doesn't. He's scared and he wants to because because I mean the ultimate theme of this movie 
is he profiting off of a real serial killer and there was a big scene early on where he goes to this radio interview thinking it's a fan and the guy actually knows one of the real victims and he's like hey this was my friend she get killed <coughs> and you know you're profiting off of this you're you're basically turning violence and real world violence into this this franchise and that that critique is kind of the main thematic question of the whole movie is that is what he's doing right and honestly probably like i mean it's obviously there's like real there's movies that are based on you know ed gein is a a bit of an influence for psycho and Mm -hmm. texas chainsaw although they're very loose they're not like super specific um there is like a real question here of like i I think the big thing is that he in his comic book wants to keep bringing up is that the the killers care the main character and kind of the hero of the story Mm -hmm. which is very like yeah probably isn't like i mean if you're going to do a movie where you've got like a a satire with the 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 main characters the the serial killer i think basing that on a real character and well that's the thing as well is it even a satire his comic book i don't even know if they bring that up It sounds like it's just a straight kind of, no, we're following the serial killer and we're glorifying the kills and the, the fans are all obsessed with the murder victims and stuff. I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, I think the that like whole radio interview thing, I, I think it brings up like some really interesting ideas. Like, yeah, at what like what responsibility does a creator take, you know, for their creation? And like, you know, is it, you know, uh, like... It is you know should someone like you know profit off of like you know real people suffering and like there's a lot of interesting ideas that are brought up there but again uh just like you know it's another thing in the movie that i feel like we don't really you know uh like get much more of like it's not like constantly throughout that that's like a theme that we're thinking about and discussing it kind of just seems like it's brought up and then yeah i mean it. the ending does tie back into it both in a good and a yeah. bad way which i'll get to in a second but like I say, I feel like it's really weird that there wasn't more of these killings that were, you know, mimicking the comic book that he was aware of and maybe doing more with the exploration of how he reacts to that. How do they all feel about that? There's a point where he fights with the girlfriend because he feels like she's kind of on the side of the interviewer where she she's also, you know, she's, she's doing this book about the victims, the real victims, and he kind of sees that as a critique of his work and like the, her being not supportive and seeing what he's doing is exploitive and, and yeah. this stuff, can, you know, comes up. The ending, uh, which, you know, I say for the fact that the killer, you know, k- kills a family with a gun. So it's just, it's, I mean, it's, it's effective enough, but it's not exciting in a, in a sort of horror movie way. Where he kills yeah. this family in front of them and then, like, kidnaps the three of them. K- kills, uh, you know, the director <laughs> pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but basically chases down Georgiana Brewster's character and kills her. She's got a whole thing where she's like, I'm not going to scream for you. I'm not going to give you the satisfaction. Yeah. Uh, but it does kill her, and we throughout the movie we keep getting these flashes to this like this Christmas scene where this kid and his mum are celebrating Christmas, and there's like hints of violence uh, sort of peeking into it. And then at the ending here, we kind of discover that this is a memory for the main character where you know his mother was killed by this killer, mm-hmm. and the killer spared them because as his mum was dying, he drew an uh, like a little kid's picture of it happening. And the killer was kind of like, you know, it's like, oh, you could see me kind of thing. So this is the real killer coming back. And he explains to him that, you know, you couldn't think of an ending for your comic book. So I wanted to give you one. I stopped killing because I felt your comic book was, was, you know, basically carrying my work on for me. I didn't yeah. need to kill. 
but now that you were struggling for an ending i had to kill to give you inspiration because you inspired me so i want to return the favor and inspire you back again um and the thing with the so the thing i like about the ending is that the killer like presents this sort of almost texas chainsaw-esque dinner thing where all the dead bodies of his friends are all like propped up and he says this is your ending and you're going to get away with this because because you're going to kill me and he hands him a knife. He's like, "Here, kill me. I want you to kill me. This is your ending." I actually love how unique this is. The the the, the killer's whole plan all along is to ultimately let the, the the hero, you know, quote unquote, the hero of the story, kill them at the end. He's like, no, no, no. I'm not going to kill yeah. you. I want you to kill me because this is the perfect ending to your story that you can then yeah. use in your comic book. I like that a lot. What I don't necessarily, and I, I love that it brings in the themes of what the movie's supposed to have been doing the whole time, but. What I don't necessarily love is that it feels pretty black and white with uh, it just outright saying that your comic books inspired more violence because I think it's more of a, a shades of grey kind of subject and I don't know if ultimately this movie's message feels a little too simplistic for me at the end. No? Mm. How do you feel about that? Uh, <clears throat> I mean, it's definitely interesting. I think... Um, I mean... You, with this guy i mean he he obviously like was already killing like you know because he you know kills like the the mother before you know the comic book even exists uh so i, I, I kind of like the I, and lots of other people i think it's worth mentioning oh sure um but i i do kind of like the idea that um you know while the comic book is going on he stops killing because that's like you know he he gets his his fill that way so i kind of like that idea of like hey maybe sometimes like you know violent media can be like a good outlet or something like you know maybe it doesn't necessarily inspire violence sometimes it might suppress it because uh, sure, people are and there's also it out that way there's also this idea of course that uh the cycle of like the killings inspired the comic book which then inspired the killer again it's kind of this back and forth which is, That's true, is yeah. an interesting idea uh, also, yeah. during the flashbacks, when we're seeing more of the context of the, the incident, we see, the, you know, the, him as a kid starts to notice the killer stalking his mom, like filming her mm -hmm. and stuff like that, and doesn't say anything, just kind of watches. And I think that's, again, why the killer kind of almost connects with him. It's like, oh, you 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 noticed what I was doing. You you, you think like I do, kind of yeah. thing. Uh, and the, the, the movie's ending is kind of about him essentially questioning and realizing, because the look of horror on his face is he's realizing why the killer's doing this, and you know what his own past is and <clears throat> where his inspiration came from um it, it's kind of a i think the message is kind of muddied a little bit because it it, it presents it yeah. in a really awkward way that's again in some ways too simplistic and one-sided in other ways doesn't really make it clear what it is saying <laughs> about other things i don't know it's yeah i mean ultimately I'm i'm not sure exactly what the takeaway is um and I, I forget what the uh pressure like wrote it down or whatever, but I forget what the little like dialogue box is that comes out because they have like kind of some like narration at the end. Uh, yeah, talk about start like, as well, start and ends with this little narration. Yeah, thing. yeah, I, I think they say I forget what they're talking about. They say like something is like masturbation and everything else is like a random act of violence or something, which, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I it's definitely like stuff to think about there but yeah i'm not sure ultimately what the message is or maybe even if the movie wants to have one maybe it just wants you to kind of you know think or maybe i don't know 
it, it wants to show that, hey, sometimes stuff is just random. Uh, yeah, I'm not exactly sure <laughs> what the takeaway is. But is there, is there anything in this movie random? Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe like the initial killing, I guess. Oh, yeah, of, um, of the mother, sure. I mean, I guess that's sure. random. Um, and I, then, I guess the idea is that this is one random act of violence that spawns all of this after it, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't know if the movie quite has the the gravitas to pull off the, 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 the answers to the questions that it's kind of proposing. Um, which is which is a shame, because it felt like it maybe it wanted to do something with that. And ultimately, yeah. I'm just... In the end, I was just kind of disappointed <laughs> there wasn't more kills. And I feel like if it's actually doing something meaningful with that question... My, I, I shouldn't be thinking, oh, there should have been more kills. But ultimately, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking, oh, there should have been more fun kills. Like that, you know, that, that, or I say fun. More effectively shot and like visceral kills like the one we got yeah. that felt effective. Um, I, as it is, I, you know, I, if it actually was kind of being, you know, making a poignant like statement, if it was, if it was making, if it was thought-provoking and saying, hey, because like, this is the thing, I'm sitting saying, what is it trying to say at the end? And that can be a good thing if it's intentionally, like I say, thought-provoking and making us want to ponder these things. I've, instead, I feel like it tried to like set up a question, kind of give an answer, but the answer's so confusing that it feels muddy. It doesn't feel like an intentional, ambiguous sort of, oh, sure. chew on this and you know, maybe think of the context and meaning of this and, and what this... Instead, I just kind of feel like it's hey, we set up this really like big question that is hard to answer yeah. and gave you kind of one that doesn't feel like it's such right, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's like they they could have gone like one of two ways. Like they could have maybe focused on some of those questions and themes a bit more and maybe made them uh, a bit more of a focus. And uh, again, they don't have to like very clearly answer or state anything, but just maybe make it more of a point or you could you know like not do that but then also just maybe yeah have it more of a slasher movie where you know we have a bit of a higher body count and maybe some more interesting or fun kills uh that yeah a little more gory or visceral uh so that um yeah you're at least entertained by that more <laughs> instead of like yeah focusing on maybe some of that muddy stuff yeah i guess i mean i don't want because obviously i like the movies aspire to be more Right, and I, I'm not gonna sure, yeah. like give it shit for for <laughs> wanting to be a bit more meaningful. Yeah. But ultimately, <laughs> if you try that and fail, it can be more frustrating to actually watch that movie because mm. it's it, it's you know it's aiming for something and missing. So it, it feels like something's just not clicking at all, and it feels like mm. it feels kind of hollow by the end as a result because it's just it's kind of missed the point of what it was trying to do in the first place. Mm. Um, and it's a shame because I do think there's some scenes in this that are very effective. Uh, that first kill in particular yeah. really stuck out to me as being well done. Yeah. I, honestly, this is one of the rare cases where I'm going to say that it feels like it needed another 20 minutes or something with more more meat in the bone to kind of oh, yeah. explore things. Felt rushed. Uh, especially, yeah, especially because it is very short. It's like 80-something minutes, I believe. It's not even <laughs> something. It's 80 minutes exactly. 80 minutes exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah, it definitely could have used more. Um, but I mean, I still, uh, I like, I still liked it, even though, yeah, I think there are definitely flaws. But yeah, I, I get what you mean. It just feels like, 
I don't know, maybe if it needed like an, just another the pass at the, the script or maybe at something or um, yeah, I don't know, like just flesh some stuff out more or just uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it's a uh, still entertaining, but uh, yeah, unfortunately it is just feel like there's definitely like uh, some missed opportunity stuff there. Yeah, it's frustrating. It's it's, it's that this is way more frustrating to me when I just watch a bad movie because I I I I think there's there's potential in here. Uh, it's not just in the filmmaking, but even in the concept. There's potential to oh yeah try and really like explore why he was inspired by this and explore that cycle a little bit more as it is it's it's, it's almost it's funny because at one point in the movie he's accused of having nothing to say he's accused of like this is why your comics are the way where where they are is you just have violence and then have nothing to say at the end and that's why you can't think of an ending and bizarrely I, th- I think the movie kind of suffers from from that a little bit where <laughs> I, I, yeah. I don't know what, it, what I don't think it knows exactly what it's trying to say uh, or if it does it does a poor job of it conveying it and in, in the and the film itself mm. um that's it I do like the part of the ending where the killer's like no this is like I want you to have this ending so here take the knife and kill yeah. me I want this to be the end of the story uh I think that's a very interesting dynamic and I do like the idea that the killer you know, back when he was killing people, because I'm assuming this is the I-90 killer. It may not be. This may just be a random killer that, that sure. the, and the I-90 thing's a separate big case, because the I-90, yeah. from the sounds of it, killed people in a very specific set of time and then stopped, mm. which would have been way before his comic book would have came out, because, you know, the, the yeah. guy would have still been a kid for a while after that, mm. those killings, so maybe it's not the exact same killer. But this killer, regardless if he's the I-90 killer or not, I love the idea that he just killed people like without any kind of costume but he's only he's only using the slasher man outfit now because he wants this to be more tied to like the comic book and the the, this kid and whatever um and the idea that this killer like left this kid alive and then kept tabs on him and wanted to see what he was like and sort of follow his progression in life and yeah i don't know there's there's some there's some really interesting ideas (laughs) in here uh so I also wish I kind of played more with the, like, I, I kind of wish, again, just because, you know, I, I like comic book stuff, like, I don't know, I wish we saw more of that aspect of him, like, you know, when he's doing these signings and meeting his fans and, like, you know, having, like, you know, the weird fans that, like, are into it too much, you know, and then, mm. like, doing these interviews and stuff. Like, I, I wish we got to see more of that side of uh, him as well. Yeah, they could have explored more stuff with that if we'd seen maybe again if if there was more more stops on the trip because there was more killings before it got personal connected to them. Maybe we could yeah. have had more interactions with different you know different signings of different whatever. Yeah. I don't know because it, it feels like it kind of gets into the like killer like stuff right away. Like it seems like you know the movie starts off like it's about this little comic book tour and then like very quickly it's like oh no like we gotta. <laughs> you know, focus on these killings and stuff, which, I mean, makes sense, but I, I feel like I would have liked to see more of that beforehand. Yeah. Um, did you, I mean, I wasn't sure about that. Did you get the impression as he's walking around this house at the end, which seems mm-hmm. to be back at the original house that he grew up in, did yeah. you get the impression that as he was finding the drawings and then ultimately the bodies that he'd actually forgotten what happened to his mom, like he'd repressed the memory and this was him remembering it for the first time? I, I Yeah, I kind of felt like that. Yeah. Like, this might have been uh yeah either repressed or 
yeah, just something he really tries not to think about or whatever. Yeah, and because if that's the case, I I almost again would like to get more of his reaction to that. Like, how does yeah. he how does he feel about his comic book now that he remembers this kind of thing happened to his life before? Yeah, no, that's a good point. I don't know. Yeah. There's definitely more to explore. It, it, it just it feels... I mean, I'll go back to just the word undercooked. It feels like it... It was taken out of the oven after five minutes when it should have been for 30. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. how it feels to me. Uh, there's some good ingredients, but that's uh, just not enough. It's not cooked. So... Uh, yeah. I do have a... Uh, I, I kind of hate to even bring it up, but I do kind of have like a nerdy nitpick uh, oh God. about it too. Go on. Uh, well, just the... And I, I don't know if you agree, but I feel like a lot of times with these type of movies like i think like i got the impression that this was supposed to be a pretty popular comic book like i don't know if it's like mm. uh you know like like i don't know if it's like a you know like batman level or something obviously but like i don't know like it seemed like he has plenty of fans and it, obviously it's enough to do a tour and everything but uh yeah whenever they showed like the the art in the comic it, i just didn't think it was like <laughs> like something I that I, I don't think the art's bad like i don't want to i don't want to make fun of someone's art like i'm definitely not saying it's bad it's just i don't know it seems like something that i'm like i would be surprised is like you know that big of, of a book or whatever and it's especially weird when like this was specifically based on a comic book i'm like I mean, you probably could have just used like the actual comic book right you know like or at the very uh, least it would be a good reason to like hire the artist the comic book to just yeah. do original pages for the for the movie it um, maybe they did. Maybe I don't know. But I, I get what you're saying though. It looks super indie. It looks like a book that someone made and printed themselves, as opposed to yeah. something that was a re- released. I get what you're saying. Uh, down to the fact that there's like a, a sort of knockoff DC Comics logo the, yeah. with, with their own letters in it. I, I thought that was kind of funny. Um, because yeah. It it sounds like he self publishes as well, so it, it, yeah, it didn't feel like oh, like this is like an image book or something. I know that it would use yeah, the real companies, yeah. but I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, I get you. It, it felt a bit oddly scaled as someone who actually reads comic books and kind of has a, a you know has a a gauge for this kind of thing. Yeah, and uh, and uh, like it, I feel like it's something you see a lot with these like kind of like indie movies and stuff, or well, I mean maybe even bigger movies too. But I feel like. Uh, you know, whenever someone's like reading comic books, like unless they are like an actual real comic book, if it's one that they make for the movie, it always feels like I actually, you know, what a, a good, I think a good way to put it is like, uh, and, and again, I don't know if like this is insulting, but it always feels more like um, this was a comic book that was made by like a movie prop guy as opposed mm. to like, you know, an actual comic that someone like drew. <laughs> I get, I get a complaint. I get a complaint. Uh, I have no how to describe it really. I mean, I I don't want to say the art looks too simplistic because you can get comics mm-hmm. with simple art, but oh, totally. Yeah, I draw, I draw those. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I don't. I, but I, I what you mean though. It has a look to it. There's a look to it yeah. that as a comic reader, I go, I doesn't look like a real comic book, and I don't know yeah. what it is specifically. Um, it's even just something as simple as the pages look a bit too thick. I know that sounds like a weird thing yeah. to say, but it just it, it no, doesn't. I, it doesn't look at it has the floppy feel of a comic book. Yeah, no, I yeah yeah I, yeah I agree hundred percent. I don't. It's it's strange. I don't I don't know. This exactly is su- what, this what is, it is super either. ultra nitpicky nerdy. <laughs> I mean, the fact yeah. that we both felt it says there's something there. We're, we're... Especially like I'm not sure how much like uh, you know uh like Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray had uh like on the comic like uh on the movie like I I, I imagine they were like probably like producers or something, but I feel like. 
you know they 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 have so many like artist friends like you know you couldn't have just been like you know like and jimmy palmiotti could have asked like you know his wife amanda like connor to be like hey can you like draw up like some pages or something like what, what, what would, it, or... <laughs> would it be even more out there though or more distracting to comic book fans if like it's meant to be this indie horror comic that's kind of a cult hit and then they open the comic book and it's like alex ross art because they've hired <laughs> alex ross for the movie would that be even more distracting like no alex that ross would wouldn't be, be doing this <laughs> that would be weird yeah <laughs> Now, now I want to see what Alex Ross would do with like a, like a decapitation and like the, some of this bloody disgusting stuff that we, we Yeah, get. that's a good question. I don't know if he... Has he ever done like horror pictures? Like obviously he's been know. known for like superhero stuff and like, you know, like you could say maybe like, you know, some of those designs for like Kingdom Come or something like, you know, it's like some like characters can maybe appear like a little monster-esque or something, but like not I mean, like straight up horror, you know. Yeah, maybe he's just not a good fit for it. I mean, he he does, you know, he's sure. larger than life, like you know, almost godlike looking characters. Like he makes them feel yeah. epic, and that's kind of what his his shtick is. So maybe he's just not suited for horror. So which is fair, but that's true. Which is why I'd say maybe it'd feel really weird if it was like, what? Why is yeah. there Alex Ross art in this? This is <laughs> this is strange. Uh, but I feel like he could do like a good Jason. Though. I feel like that would work. Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe do you know that classic Justice League drawing he's got of like all the Justice League members lined up maybe yeah. he can do that with all the horror slasher like icons <laughs> that'd be cool <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, that's a fun idea we'll, we'll phone him up <laughs> see if he's uh, not too busy oh, hi. Alex how you busy these days <laughs> old buddy old pal uh, ready for some uh, for some, some horror movie art yeah um, yeah so Battle of the unfortunately is I think a, a real mixed bag of potential but uh, and some really good scenes, but ultimately it doesn't really live up to what what it's you know kind of setting up what what it what it's putting on the table. So, yes, Tim, what are you going to rate the movie? Uh, I think uh, I am still going to give it like a pretty high score because um, despite the flaws, like I I gotta admit, like I, I did have fun watching it, and um, again I totally admit <laughs> some biases uh, in that. Like again, there's a lot of stuff that played to uh, the kind of things that I like. Uh, so I'm still going to go pretty good and give it a, a seven. Um, but I mean, uh, unfortunately it, it sucks because yeah, I, I think there's some stuff that could have easily, easily propelled it, you know, to like a great score, like, you know, like an eight or higher or whatever. Like, again, if you just, you know, like we talked about, um, just maybe have some more kills, a bigger body count or, yeah, maybe if it is maybe a little more poignant or something, but uh, no, I, I again, I, I still liked it though. Uh, so seven for me. I'm going to have to be the bad cop apparently and <laughs> look grouchy and grumpy, but I, th- I think I have to go with a five point five. It's like I say, potential, a couple of really strong scenes, but ultimately, I feel like it whiffs on what it's trying to do. I, I had a hard time really getting what it was trying to say, if anything, by the end. Uh, so. There you go, 5.5. All right. Well, if you got this far in the review, put the words uh, Slasher Man in the comments to let us know you you got here. Uh, Tim's going to do his pose for the thumbnail. So here we go. Three, two, one, pose. (laughs) What's this? I don't know. Being violent. I don't know. Oh, it was about to be punches. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you were like p- 
pull, pulling like a, like a you know like a, a rope that's like a bucket in the end or something you know like a, sort of a hoist but okay uh man you're no stranger to getting punched you know <laughs> <laughs> how dare you i i have a sensitive soul uh, gets beat up <laughs> does not get beat up no no uh i am the one who punches uh <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Is, is that a reference to the Snyder Cut trailer that came out yesterday, Tim? I can't wait. <laughs> oh, I bet you can. All four hours of it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We want to talk about horror movies. That's a horror <laughs> movie right there. Uh, so there you go. That is uh, been Screams After Midnight. Of course, we mentioned Patreon earlier. If you want to support us that way financially, over at patreon.com slash TV. Uh, a free way to support us, of course, is the uh, the like button on YouTube. Hit the like button, uh, or you can rate us five stars on iTunes or wherever you get your your podcast from. And these help us find new audience members, so it's well worth doing and helps the podcast grow. You can get us on Twitter at Streams Midnight for updates and jokes and whatever else we happen to do on there. Other than that, um, is there anything else I usually promote? Uh, check out other stuff uh, the science fiction movie podcast that I do with Tara the atomic cinema experiment also worth checking out uh, but have a look uh, we're getting pretty close uh, relatively speaking to October uh, the October thon is coming lots of extra episodes coming out a lot of franchise movies all that kind of stuff so look forward to that uh, and also look out for the monthly live stream called streams after midnight that we do uh, we usually watch a movie uh, with the audience uh, and comment on it so look forward to that so but there you go uh, that has been streams after midnight so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching scary movies and tim's smelling about something that i don't know what and it's weirding me out <laughs> we'll see you next time